We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Well, we just recently traveled to California for a quick track day. Yes, we did. Which was it a was lot of fun. Quite but, quite a um, quick trip, actually. We, yeah. we flew in, we went to a track day, we flew right back out kind of thing. Well, yeah. yeah, I've decided, you know, when you're getting on the airplane and right as you sit down to get out of other people's way, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to design a line of furniture that looks kind of comfortable, but it feels like you're sitting down on the airplane seatbelt buckle right as soon as you t- Isn't that awesome? It's just going to be the greatest thing. a bunch of seatbelt buckles that you sit on because it's, it's so comfortable. Yeah, it's you know, you're getting out of the yeah. way and shoving stuff in the overhead bin, and it's, yeah. it's just great so that just really occurred to me i'm gonna it's gonna be a whole line of bedding and furniture just feels like you're sitting on seat it's just gonna be called gonna be, awesome. be called buckled just buckled <laughs> something like that new from buckled this is uncomfortable too our new comforter is anything but comforting not only have you felt how uncomfortable this one is yeah it's gonna be great but so, it's gonna um, be this amazing yeah. thing that everybody has to have in spite of the fact that it's awful it'll be super trendy yeah, it's gonna, gonna be great s- yeah. they're gonna sell out hey bravo man yeah well guys welcome back to the podcast it is the longest day of the year when we're recording this longest Yep. of 2019, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very well, true. Actually, when you're listening to this, we're recording yes. the day before. So, well, it doesn't matter. What's pretty it going to cool. be like? 30 seconds longer? Maybe, well, yes, 30 seconds. But, but hey, all but that means is we've got cool long days. Yes, for we, driving. Driving season driving, is here. It's awesome. Biking. Summer's really here. Here's yeah. the thing: our our spring has been so late here in Park City that I feel like mentally we're just feeling like, oh yeah, winter's <laughs> over, and yet here we are, longest day of the year. I know, so I know. that's great. I'm excited we're to like do like long bike rides and drives and stuff. So it's going to be great. At least we were we were in the north of Sacramento at Thunder Hill. We'd never been to Thunder Hill. Yeah. yeah. We went Thunder there and we drove track, an open wheel racer. It was the, really uh, the, the Ford spec racer, the Ford, Formula Ford spec racer. There's a video coming for that because, of course, uh, Paul was like, do we shoot anything? I was like, I can't get in a car and not shoot something. So we have content coming for that. Well, I told you that I, I can't shoot now without actually having a camera in a car. It feels well, actually, weird to no, drive a no, car I without have a to, camera running. I have, to tell, I have to tell a story <laughs> on you from this weekend. Okay, okay. We were driving along. But, guys, there is a whole – podcast behind the podcast when paul and i are in a car with nothing to do and we just see things and we start ranting about them and a lot of it is not not very family friendly uh yeah but it, so it's, it's it's the other side of the podcast so think, well should we record that it's no the, probably best that yeah we it's didn't. the dark side however my one of my favorite moments was just by sheer force of habit at one point during the weekend paul did a rant and he did the rant, not to me in the passenger seat. He did it to the A pillar, the, the crossways <laughs> A pillar of the car, as if there was a camera there. And when it was over, it I wasn't. said, you just, you just played to a camera that wasn't there. And he's like, you're right, I did. <laughs> it's ingrained. It's ingrained now. But we had a lot of fun. So thanks to Excel Race Tech for providing the cars. Yeah, very cool. Spec Racer Fords and then uh, BR Racing. They hosted the track day. and It was pretty cool. I told the guys I'm addicted to private track days because mm-hmm. – Wednesday? That was Wednesday. I, I was astounded. Anyway, a lot of fun. So it's like 10 cars on track. Yeah, yeah was, that I mean, was the crazy thing. You're we passed were the, maybe three times in a half an hour session. Maybe. Well, and, and, and we it was, were, again, GT3s. Well, it was all GT3s and two of us, two different pairs of guys in the Formula Fords. Uh, just public service announcement uh, Formula Fords are awesome. They are not fast. Totally. Well, so yeah. uh, the GT3s would appear in the mirror. 
They feel and fast, though. They, no, they feel incredibly fast. They feel fast. They would fast. appear in the mirror, and uh, and then they would be promptly gone as soon as you let them mm. by because yeah. they're in a whole different category of power and performance than the <laughs> f- formative force. But it was, oh, it was unbelievably man. direct as a driving experience, and it was five-speed manual, and the heel-toe setup was perfect. It was very fun. I'm driving along thinking, I'm doing well. I'm fast. And no, I, I flick my eyes to the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. and there's... Porsche GT3 headlights. I'm like, man, yep. how long have you been back there? Yep. Sorry, for sure. For sure. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. I've been cruising along. In the driver's meeting, yeah. they said they said to the GT3s, be looking in your mirrors because there are small, small Formula Fords out there. And I thought, because we're going to be coming up on them? Yeah. Are you no. kidding? That didn't happen. It no, really didn't happen. No. However, my, my favorite moment of the weekend, actually, was the moment that there was actually a couple of boxers that were that were spec boxers out there, too. And they were also faster than the Formula Fords. But there was one point where the boxer was in my rearview mirror. My side mirror, and I thought I'm going to wave him by, but he, but he, of course, was faster than me on the straights. But the Formula Fords are on slick tires, and they have incredible mm-hmm, grip. Mm-hmm. They do, they do. So I waved him by just before a section of two or three sharp corners, waved him by, and promptly stuck to his bumper until he had a straight. I was proud of that. And then, of course, as soon as he say, had until he had as a soon straight. as he had a straight, then yeah. it was like bye bye, see you later. Yeah, I, I did have a box to where I, I lost him in a couple corners, and then he ate my lunch. Of course, and he then did. he was by me because but it was just I gained about ten feet and a corner on him. I think yes, oh darn it. Yeah, there and then goes. they've got you know th- those cars are thirteen hundred pounds and a hundred horsepower, so they're just they they feel like you're on fire, but uh, they're not fast. <laughs> it just feels that way. Well, speaking of fast. As we were recording the last podcast, during the podcast, podcast Porsche came out with some news, and they had announced the 718 Cayman GT4 and the Spyder. Mm -hmm. They were announced, Mm -hmm. and so that's why we did not cover that the last time, because it is notable news. It's luscious, and I... Especially for Porsche fans, like one of us hmm, really is. Really, really liked it. I've never really been a convertible person, Mm. and I like even the Spyder. It just looks good. They do look good. Good. And the engine derivative of the the 992... The news Excellent. is the fact that the flat six has returned to yes, that chassis, that's it. which is very interesting. And, and, of course, everybody's speculating what happens to the four-cylinder. Does it remain in the lesser models, or do they go back to flat six across the entire Cayman Boxster well, lineup? And if so... Look, I, I, was never, uh, I was never against the flat four. I was never yeah. just, oh, they did wrong. I, I was never against it. So whatever they do, I'm fine with it. But if if they return the flat six to the Cayman and Boxster chassis across the lineup, those four cylinders are going to be crazy cheap. Mm, yeah, and they're going yeah. to be a very smart Porsche buy. And then there will be the guy that puts one of those wrapped in plastic with a 1,000 miles on it and 30 years from now sells it as one of the last remaining four cylinders <laughs> oh. and will make a killing on it even though nobody wanted them now. That's what will happen. I'm, 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 I'm putting it down now. I hate to admit that call, you're, you're call probably me, right Call me that. when I'm 80 so that I can cackle with some old man laughter about the fact that I called it now. Anyway, yeah. I might be buying one. I'm like, hey, that's right. That was a cool car. I think I'll bid on it. <laughs> Not. Well, there was also the 2020 Mustang Shelby GT500 mm. announced with mm. 1 million horsepower or something. It's it's astounding. It's the same actual engine, the block as the GT350, except there's no more flat plane crank, unfortunately. Yes. But they're yes. still making... Gobs, over 750 horsepower, something 760, something like yeah, that. I, I, after having a track day, and you and I were coming away mm-hmm, from this track mm-hmm. day and thinking, all right, we felt pretty fast in 105 horsepower, yeah, 1,300 yeah. pound spec race at Fords. Now, mm-hmm. the Porsches were out there, and there was another BMW, a couple other BMWs. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're wanting to hang on to speed. We're wanting mm-hmm. to, you know, 
really feel the car and it doesn't necessarily matter, even though straight line speed would be nice to really open it up. But yeah. that's where that car is going to be amazing. I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but is this car going to be nearly undrivable on the track? Is this just a bragging rights car? Is it a high horsepower? Did Ford have to join the Charger mm-hmm. and the the Camaro or the, the ZR1 Ford needed party. that car. They ZR1 needed that party. car. Yeah. They just have to build it because, mm-hmm. not because it's going to be an amazing track car. Maybe it will be. But I think... But that much power to the rear wheels? Yeah. I Whoa. I kept driving that Formula Ford and it and thinking how much... I know this sounds weird. Thinking how much it relates to my Elise mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they do relate a lot. It was funny. Everybody else that was driving the Formula Fords doesn't daily an Elise. And they're like, oh, this is so different. And I was like, this is quite similar, actually. Um, I mean, you <laughs> my know... My driving position is in the center. Yeah, most of it's the same <laughs> than what I normally drive. I mean, it was, they were remarkably similar. Not this... Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Elise and the Formula Ford feel the same, but they felt probably 80% similar. I can I can definitely see So that, yeah. that was pretty interesting. Yeah. But I just kept thinking about the fact that what we were enjoying so much, plus it was very challenging, was just wrenching every little part, squeezing every little capability out of those cars. Getting your yeah. shift points right, yeah. trying to find speed, trying to hang on to speed. Trying and to I, hang on to the seat because the belts weren't tight enough. <laughs> sliding sideways on the very you know, slick seat. All of it, all of it. It, it was all great. But, but I kept, I did... A couple times during the, the 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 track day, I kept thinking, "Do I need more power? I could use more power, but do I need more power?" And I was enjoying well, the reality. I know you and I are different here, but need. I was enjoying the reality. Need. <laughs> Fair. Need. I was enjoying the reality of using up what the car can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right around that yeah. same time, this news of the GT five hundred gets dropped, and I just think nobody's going to use all of that. What are we doing? What are we doing? That car has more than seven times the power of the cars, the race cars we were in. I know. Seven I know. times. And I know there's electric cars with a 1,000, and I know there's a lot of power out there, and they're used but, for different purposes. I do get but that. But I still say, what are, we, but, what are we doing? Why do we need all this? Electric cars, what, why do we need it? Because well, we can't really use it. It becomes something you have, cannot use, and it is a bragging rights thing. Yeah. That's all it is. Does that mean the Mustangs leaving the cars and coffees now in 2020 will go faster into the light poles when they're Possibly. leaving the crowd? They might They might actually jump through time and into another dimension and hit a crowd in <laughs> a completely different other situation. <laughs> yeah. That's how fast they, they are. It's the crazy. Yeah. Over. Hopefully not. Anyway. Guys, great podcast for you because we've got two debates. First from Eric C. in upstate New York who has kind of started to mod out of class. He's starting to get there I think with for his sure current he has. car. It's yeah. a 2011 Subaru Legacy GT, and he says, you know, in wanting to create a jack-of-all-trades, I've inadvertently created a master of none. He's made, a, he's made his car worse, which is, which is we're, the we're gonna thing we've talked this. about, about when you try to tune your car and you are your own R&D mm-hmm. department. You might go down the wrong path. We've got thoughts on this, and we've also got Jeff in Chicago who wants to get out of SUVs and sort of wondering... Is my life from here on out just, does it fit SUVs? Does it fit mm-hmm. the SUV mold? Because he keeps coming back to sedans, keeps gravitating towards He's that. He's interested, and but found, he doesn't feel like it works, yeah. I found an amazing thought. Did to, you really? I, I am, Good. I'm going to plant seeds in everybody's Good. I love minds. It. I love it. That's great. With something you haven't talked about in a while. So cool. I'm I love to it. do that. And lots of really great questions as well all over the map on those. So I want to get to a lot of those because I've marked, man, I've marked a lot of them. Hopefully we'll get to some of those. We won't get to all of them, of course, but we're thrilled to be here. Eric, thanks for writing. Your story here is uh, that your current car is a 2011 Legacy GT. Mm-hmm. Before that, you were a German car owner, 09 BMW 328XI Coupe. Mm-hmm. This was the E92 platform, six manual transmission, six-speed manual. 
Love the dynamics of the BMW, even though you're saying it was significantly underpowered for that platform. The 328 was not a powerhouse. I will well, take that. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, good handling. And, yeah, you know, I we're mean, talking power. Good traditional dynamics and, and from that era of BMW. Yes, there. yes. All right, so the, the two things that made him sell the car was, first, he's six foot five, mm-hmm. slightly too small. And then... You know, the maintenance. He was just talking about maintenance. Yeah. And I... To, to the point, the maintenance on that car was bad enough that he has kind of a black mark on his mind for anything German. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I will say to you, Eric, that German cars vary. Okay? And... and yes. I hate, yes. I hate to say this because I know we keep coming back to it, but generally, look at, look at the reliability ratings. Porsche is the exception in German cars. They generally are mm-hmm. in the top five most reliable cars, whereas BMW isn't. So I don't think it's a German car thing, but I, but I, I hear that. These are, these are difficult uh, pastimes to overcome when you have those experiences. So for a while now, he's owned a car and a truck, and he says the truck is for truck things like, you know, well, name, name truck stuff, building supplies, hauling wood, kayaks to the lake, driving through a foot of snow when he's too late to snow blow. I hear you. Taking yeah. garbage to the dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. So he replaced his old 95 Chevy K1500 with a 2016 Nissan Frontier Pro 4x4. So yeah, the Pro 4X, which is their likes uh, that. their heavy-duty off-road version so uh, or trim. So he's loving that. He has the truck thing solved. The truck's not going anywhere. The problem is the legacy. Because he didn't want yeah. a WRX. He feels like there's too many of them where he is. So uh, upstate New York is he's full of Subarus, but they're WRXs, so he wanted to get away from that. Are they full of Subarus? Is New York uh, full uh, of Subarus? According to what he's saying here. I don't know right. that. I, I think of it as this part of the country, but okay. I was going to say. Uh, I, and I know Maine is – they're pretty popular in Maine. I do know they that. They are. Colorado, Maine, Utah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. Oregon. Um, Washington. <laughs> wait. States for Subaru. <laughs> wait. 50 states later. Anyway, exactly. they are doing quite well as a company. Uh, so the GT – the Legacy GT, he has this, and he kind of wanted to make it into a better handling, uh, more dynamic car because he was missing that BMW handling. Yeah, yeah. And so he starts doing stuff to it. Totally understandable, though. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. They're I, not the same. I see the starting point Better here. brakes, coilover suspension, lighter flywheel, stronger clutch, upgraded intercool, three-inch pipes, a tune. The car now does 280 horsepower and 350 pound-feet of torque at the wheels. By the way, it is still driving all Whoa. four wheels. It's not slow, is his descriptor. <laughs> the problem is, it is now a far less practical daily driver, which, of course, the BMW did very well while having good dynamics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he realizes that thing that I uh, struggle with every time I put a new exhaust on a car and I go, I should have done that. That was loud. This is very loud. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. And, you know, we were in some very loud race cars. Now that's in the category of we're, the session's going to be over at some point. Come in yes. for a break. But when and you're, you're wearing living, your plugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've got earplugs. When you're living with the car, though, mm-hmm. it's rough. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, your Mitsubishi is still, you know, on the list, I think. Oh, to, my gosh, uh, yes. To fix that, oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I honestly, I think you would be more in love with your car, with the Mitsubishi, if the exhaust were fixed. Oh, I think there's no question I think you just yeah. choose it some days. Mm-hmm. You know, when I know you're wanting to just kind of avoid it and that kind of thing, I, I think you'd like yeah, it a lot better. I, I, I would like it better because I think I would I would drive it with less, oh, man, that thing because the, yeah. the exhaust is just that way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right. So he says it's it's tough to live with this, but he, he doesn't mind it that much, but it's the turbo lag. Mm-hmm. He said it's frustrating to get beaten off the line by any generic four-cylinder CVT-powered SUV unless he makes a bunch of noise drops the clutch, runs it in first gear up to 5,000 RPM just to get the turbo boost, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. he can leave him. Yeah, yeah. 
And he says this, there's a suspension problem, too, because it's too low and stiff. <laughs> Do you, so, did you read the Fitbit thing here? This yeah, is we're, my favorite. We're, we're getting to this that. This is my favorite part. We're getting to that here. So he says, you know, on the rare occasions when he finds himself on a windy road with smooth, smooth pavement, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, sure, any car is. But then he says... <clears throat> On a recent trip, his girlfriend's Fitbit thought she had walked over 5,000 steps just from the car bouncing over bumps. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. <laughs> that's, that's like, it's like the guy I knew who, who was an older guy who wasn't really an athlete at all, and his wife and daughter, who was college-age daughter, got him a Fitbit to kind of encourage him to keep track and to be active. And then this is a friend of my wife's family. Okay. And then so this video started working its way back through the family. He'd figured out how to game the system, and it was a cell phone video of him sitting on his couch. This is a man that lives very well, sitting on his couch, drinking a glass of wine okay. with his hand in the air, waving back and forth to get his steps. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, you could do no. that, or you can ride in Eric's car. This is how to do it. Could you attach your Fitbit to your dog's collar? I'm sure you could. I'm sure someone has. Look at how many steps I'm getting, and your dog's exhausted, and you haven't done a thing. If uh, This is a PSA. If you're part of the corporate wellness program with your company, and you they've handed out Fitbits, and you know you make points on the teams because you've got the Fitbits and how many steps per day, all you need to do, apparently, is borrow Eric's car yes. and, and just commute in it. ride around in it with him for a little bit, <laughs> and then you'll win. You'll win the, Perfect. the prize. It'll be awesome. But, so, here's, but here's the crazy thing. Eric is now going, okay, so what I have to do is I have to revise my suspension backwards. But yeah. it's not like he still has those parts, yeah. which means he'd be buying – this is where I am with my exhaust. He'd be buying stock parts again. Does he want to go fully stock or does he want to go somewhere between the two? And all of this kind of makes him stop and go, okay, hang on. Mm-hmm. Why don't I get something else? Why don't I get something that is purpose-built to be a better all-in-one, so better dynamically and better for normal life than keep playing with this legacy? Yeah, he's he's asking, what's the right car for me? Where, mm-hmm. where is it? Where's the sweet yeah. spot between yeah, yeah. the performance and the handling, the power, and all that stuff, the tightness yeah, for sure, for versus sure. the 30-minute commute over on this side mm-hmm. and just... I just want to be comfortable sometimes. Yeah, of course. And sure. we get I that. that. I mean, yeah, it's awesome it. to have a hardcore car all the time, but mm-hmm. then sometimes it's just it's just rough. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. you know, you, you're not in the mood. You're not whatever. You're just yeah, yeah, yeah. not appropriate. You're, you're in, it's the middle of the night, and you're just trying to get home from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, we get it. So for this season, Todd and I have driven the middles. There's an episode oh, yeah. coming up yeah, called yeah. The Middles. And we drove. It's episode one. Yeah, of season as, five, as a matter of fact, way. it's episode yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. So this is where we've driven the GTI, the current GTI, mm-hmm. the Civic SI, mm-hmm. and the Hyundai Veloster N, which is in there by virtue of price. Okay? Yes, yes. So we're not going to tell you. We're not going to reveal too much about the episode because obviously we want you to see it and enjoy. Mm-hmm. But this sounds like where you're at. You're wanting a mm-hmm. a okay, a something that does this over here, the sports thing, and it does this over here, the commute thing. And yeah, yeah. where are you? You're kind of in the middle, essentially. Maybe not by price, but maybe. Yeah. And so I think you're looking at used. I think because you've written to us, Eric, I do think selling your car is on your mind. I think, I so think it is yeah, I agree. flashed into your mind. We've reached it for sure. And you're thinking, okay, I want to get money back out of this. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. I think your car is very much in demand by the right person. It's going to be the yeah. enthusiast yeah. and they want to keep going with it. And 
any of us, if you get a, a really tuned car for a decent price, a fair price, mm-hmm. bonus. Yeah. Because you're looking yeah. for those parts. And hey, somebody already did, did the work, spent the money on the parts. Hopefully. Fantastic. Hopefully, yeah. So that could work to your favor in you know finding the right community because mm-hmm. you know on a general car sales forum I don't know that it would get many hits but with the right group yeah you might sell I'd be it very in a curious to hear how it goes for them yeah so I I just want to encourage you that just because you've tuned your car and you think well I'm gonna have to dismantle everything and take every part off and sell it piecemeal and put all the stock parts back on don't don't necessarily think like that yeah, you might yeah. you might find the right buyer for it you're and, not. Eric, you're not going to get all the money you put into it back out of it. You're not. Unfortunately, that is the downside no, to tuning no. as well. But I, but I hear what Paul's saying, and that is somebody may be like, this has got all this stuff done. Look, a lot of the stuff that I would have done to a Lotus Elise had been done to mine before I bought it. Right. There's end right. links that need to be done. There's improvements to the shifter feel. All this stuff has been done. The 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 roll bar, not the roll bar, the uh, the uh, seatbelt bar that allows you to put a five-point harness in, that oh, had been yeah, done. Right, right. So all of these things Just that I things. kind of thought about doing, I feel like I had at least it'd be cool to do this. The the coilovers, the shocks are aftermarket as well, and they're the ones that everybody talks about getting. Well, I guess I All of this stuff that. had been done That's to cool. the car before I bought it, and while I got all the stock parts, was like, That's pretty great. I like it. I mean, you would have spent the money anyway, it sounds like. Theoretically, you would have I would have. worked yeah. your way there. Okay, mm-hmm. this month yeah. it's that thing, and this next yeah. month it's So that I thing. just bought one that was that way. So I, I do think there's a market, Eric. I do like that. But let's see if we can figure out this all-in-one. All right. Something, Eric, with a turbo, because you're used to turbo. Something mm-hmm. that spools up sooner. Okay. Rather yeah. than, you yeah, know, yeah. I've got boost at 5,000. Oh, my gosh. That guy's gone. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to him wow, all of a sudden? that's a... <laughs> Ideally, something with adjustable suspension, but I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hammer on that point. Okay. If you can get okay. something that does go from comfort to sport, and oh there's, sure, yeah. you know, there's definitely a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'd love to get you in that. We don't quite know your budget here, but no. I th- I think we're in the twenty to twenty five, maybe thirty at the That's very the high end. That's the vibe I get from the email as well. I'm thinking yeah. twenty to twenty eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. So I've been looking around for you at uh, a Golf R or an Audi S3 because mm, okay. low miles, 2016 S3s are in the high 20s. Found some with That's 30 good. to 40,000 yeah, yeah, for yeah. about 27K. Mm-hmm. 30 mm-hmm. to 40,000 like miles. It. I like it. And then I even thought, what about our friend, the AMG GLA 45? Those are in that same okay. camp too. All right. All it's right. like the luxury hot hatch. It is. It is. And yeah. we've talked about it from that standpoint. I don't know if he'll fit. But I wonder. That's only something he can determine, of course. Absolutely true, yeah. But I've been looking at these cars, just thinking, man, Golf R's have come down in price. Uh, the the current Mark Seven mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that uh, that is the Golf R, and and yeah, they've come down in price. Whether you get the manual, whether you get the DSG, you know, perfectly up to you. But yeah. I think that'll yeah. be a nice difference between okay i really want to get after it and they'll scamper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or i just want to cruise i'm on my commute yeah. and a turboed four will get you the gas mileage i think would be beneficial for your commute yeah 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 i toyed with the idea of a civic type r i've, I've toyed mm-hmm. with this for eric i'm not sure quite where i land obviously they're only manual transmissions i think you would fit okay mm-hmm. but i'm coming back to the germans because you had a German car before. Okay. And you like the okay. tight feel and you like the steering feel and all those sure, things. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then just something that has a distinct two personality mm-hmm. kind of, you know, kind of setting, I okay. guess. All right. I like it. Now, Eric, go back and watch our 450 horsepower Golf R review that we did when we borrowed Integrated Engineering's mm-hmm. Golf R. They 
actually, I think it was somewhere over 500 horsepower coming out of the, the crank, mm. translating to about 450 at the wheels. It was quite angry. This yeah. has been three years ago now, It's been I think. quite a few years ago. Yeah, keep going. It's been a while. But that car at low speeds just seemed like golf. Yeah, it's a golf. it did. It absolutely did. It absolutely and then did. above yeah. 40, uh, 4,500 RPM, somewhere there, 4,200 Holy moly. It was a different car. I mean, and, and it wasn't like laggy, laggy, awful down low. It was just by the time you fully got it up, it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the reason I bring those guys up is not only because they're friends of the show, they're mm-hmm. friends and they're located in Salt Lake, but because they have, you know, kind of taken the enthusiast community into consideration, like many tuners have. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of can tailor things to your needs because I suspect whatever you do get, you can't stop yourself you're going to want to do something i think so too i think it's just going to happen with eric so i agree you got ie those guys you know can do a low power thing and just an initial Mm. you know and it works with the car and it it you know haha integrates really well there you go or you can go nuts and throw 450 horsepower through the front wheels and you will be a (laughs) rocket (laughs) i like where you went okay all right we went we've got some overlaps here uh eric i'm just here with drive homework that's really where i'm where i'm at uh, if you're going to be chasing stuff that will will do the commute thing and the do-it-all thing, but then, hey, when I got on a back road, this is surprisingly fun. First off, because you're a big guy mm-hmm. and you've dealt with a sedan before. I've got two big sedans I want you to drive, and everybody's probably already ahead of me. <laughs> go drive the Kia Stinger GT oh. and go drive a Chevy SS. Okay. Okay. Good. I, I Good. actually wonder if they may – I don't know if you want a big sedan. You don't, you don't talk in this email as if you're – you would like a big sedan. So I think that that might be wrong for you, but I think because of your size as a person, because of what you're looking for, and because also those cars just have power. You've missed having power yeah. when you want it. Yeah. They just have it. So I think that is – plus you're now rear-wheel drive instead of all-wheel drive. You're rear-wheel drive. It's got a very different dynamic feel. So drive those two for drive homework. But then I went the other way. Okay. Thinking okay. about, okay, we want – uh, normal, easy usability. Some of the overlaps to some of the stuff that you talked about. Let's get decent gas mileage. Let's get, let's get something that's surprisingly capable, but yet can be just chill. And he doesn't want a car that he sees a ton of either. Mm-hmm. So three things mm-hmm. to drive. Drive the Hyundai Veloster N. Love it. Love it. I think you'll fit okay. That car, if memory served, we were surprised by the fits. I think you may fit okay, but drive that for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be calm enough because <laughs> I, I don't know how, how calm you want it to be. He's coming but out of frantic, though. He is coming out of frantic. So, so that's why I keep it on the yeah. list, for okay, sure. Fair so Veloster in. But then the two that I think are real contenders here are the current Golf R and the Civic Type R. You are thinking – Both of those. Okay, and I, okay. and I actually right. wonder – I actually – part of me, Eric, thinks the Civic Type R may be your car. You think so? Because it's going to be reliable. It doesn't – you're not going to see them everywhere. You just don't see them everywhere. There's not a ton of people buying them. Yeah, yeah. So you want a unique car. It has a unique car. It's got a tuner look, but it's tuned from the factory. It has really good power all the time. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Even though it spools, it has really good power all the time. It has big 19s on it. And yet every time we drove it, we were like, this ride's great. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. look at it and you think, this is going to ride terribly. It rides really, really well. It can be calm Honda Civic, and it could be can you see what I just did in that corner? <laughs> did you see that? It can be both of those from the factory. It's got good space. It's a Honda. I'm almost to the point where I just think that's the beginning and end of the list, but I really want you to drive stuff, so that's why I brought the drive homework. Eric, what you do with the wing is completely up to you, whether you take a Sawzall to it or you leave it intact. I would, it's I up would to leave you. It. 
I would leave it. And you know what? I love the Civic Type R in blue. We had a red one. Ooh, yeah. There's a blue that it comes in that I think that's the sweet spot for that car. Yeah, good one. All right, Eric, hopefully this is helpful. Thank you for writing in. If you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. And while you're there, I think this is the actual, the last announcement for pilgrimage. Is this last call? No, it's not last call. We're a week out. Okay, we're a week week away. So happy Friday. By the time, by next Friday, registration's closed. We had had a registration this week. Which, thank you, by the way, we see that. Yes, Registration yes. this week, so there are still those of you that are circling the trip, but but honestly, it's kind of last call, because some of you are at least a week behind on the podcast. The last Friday, that is the 28th of June, is the registration deadline for the trip. We cannot accommodate you after that, but we'd love to have you. If you're interested, please come. All right, we're taking a break. We're coming back, guys. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately... You can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Auto Tempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start. Jeff in Chicago writes to us because he wants to get out of SUVs. Uh, hey, that's that's a good, this a is, good idea. I like this. This is a lovely idea. His recent auto ownership progression has been from a Subaru Forester to okay. a Honda Accord four-cylinder mm-hmm. to currently a 2017 Acura RDX, which is a car we've had, heard good things about. We've not been in it. And a car he genuinely likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that there's it's problematic, but he's... He's married, no kids. His hobbies are cycling, kayaking, woodworking. And so the problem is his hobbies lend themselves to the space. Mm-hmm. And so that's making mm-hmm. him go, huh, um, do I have to have an SUV? Can I get something other than an SUV? Yeah, They're not going to yeah. be a three-car family. His wife has a Prius. He will have his car that does everything, okay. including his hobbies. He's got you know decent money, around thirty-five grand to spend. Yeah, yeah. But he's going. Am I trapped because of my lifestyle? Do I have? Do you wear a beanie, by the way? Jeff? Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> do I have to have an SUV? Guitars, campfires, beanies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yeah. passing a coke around, and, and and the day is constantly at sunset. It's constant for whatever reason. It's like it's twenty four like hours, hours of sunset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. He keeps getting drawn to sedans, 
He says, does my lifestyle dictate SUVs? No, they don't, because I have a crazy thought for you. It's mm. super crazy, but you need to hear me out. Okay. Now, he enjoys the RDX in size. He doesn't want anything smaller, and he has grown now accustomed to V6 power or, you know, power in Just general. having decent power. Yeah, for sure. He says, if I can put on a hitch rack for bikes and carry kayaks on the roof, he's generally fine. You've seen Jeff Zwartz 356 on Instagram with a canoe on top, haven't you? <laughs> Zwart has a canoe yeah. on the roof of a 356. Is, is that a website? It's Zwart a has a canoe.com. It might be .org. It might be a public service to Dot show what's com. possible. Yeah. He can rent a truck one or two times a year for bigger things if he needs, which is great. Love it. Yep, that's great. Great approach. The big sentence here is he values reliability and longevity with some level of luxury. Okay. Fair All enough. Right. Fair enough. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to start with a super duper wild card. Oh, cool. All right. I'm great. Starting I love it. That's immediately. great. These cars are now $35,000 and less. The 2013 BMW M5, everyone. The Whoa. F10 generation, last generation of the BMW M5 with 550 horsepower twin turbo V8 are now $35,000 and under. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yikes, okay. Now, I found one with 30,000 miles. Okay. You're talking about longevity. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> you, 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 might you established be, wild card before you started. I, you, keep going. You might be uh, freaked out because yeah. of, oh Because gosh. it's a BMW. It's a used BMW M5. Used That's M5. why he's freaked out right there. Yeah. I found another one on there with 153,000 miles for $23,000. Hmm. What this tells me is people are buying these cars and driving. Somebody's driving the cars. Sure. There's sure, loads sure. of them for yeah, sale yeah. between 30,000 and 60 or 70,000 miles. Okay. Between okay. 30 and $35,000. Hmm. Just cruising around Auto Tempest, you can find a boatload of them. Okay. Somebody's buying these cars. What's the average mileage you're seeing? 30,000 at the real low end, all the way to 70, 80. Keep in mind, I do want to say this. Just saying. I, yeah, I, I, I like it, but I do want to say this. Keep in mind, this is the generation of BMW where it was a 50,000 mile. We cover everything, including brake pads and oil. Yeah. But notice they stopped that at 50,000. It did. So it somebody's did. done the math. Anyway, yeah. Okay, but for contrast and a mm -hmm. little bit of perspective. Okay. A year 2000 E39 M5 yeah. with 77,308 miles is 31,950. Wow. That shows you how much those cars are beloved. Yes. And all of us enthusiasts would be like, well, sure, with 77,000, yeah, it's an E39. Yeah, I'll buy that for 31. Yeah. Sure. Wait, how about a 13 year newer car for four grand more? Yeah, because I, the F tens were money pits, and so I'm I mean, just sorry, asking. the V 10s were money pits in the in the M five, and so everybody got spooked, and, yeah. and and appropriately spooked, mind you. Yeah. Okay, so let's pretend I didn't suggest the M five. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe that away. Let's start again. How about a twenty sixteen five fifty i? Still a V eight. Mm. You can get them with X drive, four hundred horsepower. Found one with thirty seven thousand miles for thirty. Bang on thirty. Hmm. Okay. Now you're in a BMW, and the 550s are still fast. Okay. All right. Once more, let's pretend I didn't even suggest BMW. <laughs> Wipe that off the table. Because it's it's sort of like the the house sitter calls the homeowner and says, well, Mrs. Smith, your house burned down. Really? No, not true. I just, you know, the the cat died or something. You <laughs> now know? it doesn't seem so bad, does it? <laughs> you set the expectation yeah. way out there, and now it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like, oh, well, that's no big deal. <laughs> Okay. So now that I've completely you're, ruined your it's budget. shock therapy is what you're doing. This is not okay. <laughs> shock therapy for shopping. Now I found you a 2018 Kia Stinger GT with 16,000 miles for 
365 horsepower twin turbo V6. GT2s are a touch above that price. That's good. That's really good. If you want all-wheel drive mm-hmm. and maybe less miles. But the one I found was probably least driven for a year. 16,000 yeah. miles. Okay. Yeah. Call us when it has 116,000 miles and tell us how much you still love it. Yeah. And I f- it was that blue, too. That Ooh, that's that a good blue. blue. That's a good blue, yeah. For 28.8. So now that I've like completely worried you and... <laughs> Giving you the the emergency sweats with the mm-hmm. M5 idea. <laughs> the emergency sweats. I like that too. Yeah. Now we're back to, hey, it's still in warranty. It's going to run. It's a Kia. Reliable. Good looking. Comfort. Mm-hmm. Lots of power. What do you think? I think that the Kia Stinger's <laughs> on my list for you as well. That's what I think. Do you really? It's, it's right on there. 11 years of shock therapy contrasted by... <laughs> You're now cured. Here's your Kia Stinger. Thanks for playing. Yeah, that's on my list as well for big sedans. And then I also, of course, have the Chevy SS. Because I'm thinking big sedans, I'm going to say say Chevy SS. There's an equal sign there. I'd like a big sedan, Chevy SS. If I don't say Phaeton, because Phaeton just makes me laugh. So there's those. No, you don't want a Phaeton. (laughs) The M5 is not a Phaeton. Yeah, it it isn't. It isn't. Uh, Jeff, you know what I think you need? What I I I hear you on your hobbies and I hear you on your concern for your hobbies you my friend are the wagon owner mm, you yeah, lean towards yeah. sedans you feel like you need an SUV Love it. buy a wagon buy an honest to goodness wagon I've got three I want you to drive you could go drive I don't think this is a great driving experience but go drive it the new Buick Regal that comes in various wagony forms mm. <laughs> Decent looking, okay. Is that part of the marketing campaign? Wagony forms. <laughs> There's yes. some wagony forms to our car that we're selling. I actually saw one we, when we were in Sacramento just just yesterday. I actually saw one in a distance on the freeway, and, and I and I did a double take because you just don't see it. it's it's got a unique shape mm. to it, so you mm. just don't see it. So drive that. Okay. I don't think of that as an enthusiast car, but you can get a new one for your budget, which is why I think That's it's a good interesting. Point. And it's a full on wagon. I mean, imagine you know the the rack on the top of the wagon. So think about that. There's that. Huh. The last gen. Cadillac CTS wagon. Yeah, we also saw one of those. We Pretty did cool. see one of those. They're very cool. cool. Now, that comes yeah. with a V6. Of course, you know, the CTS V with the six speed is the one you really want, so you can both hoon and have your wagon. However, <laughs> however. <laughs> wagon hoon. Yes. I don't think that's anywhere close to your budget. Those are at least 50. So uh, just the, the standard CTS wagon. Okay. okay. It's a good looking car, and your, your pre Q system, I think that's very cool. That's true. That's Two more. Point. The Mercedes E-Class wagon. Oh, now I mentioned on a podcast prior. I've got friends here locally in Park City. They've owned a bunch of cars. Many of the cars they've owned, including a Lexus, are supposed to just run and don't. And the Mercedes E-Class wagon they have just runs. It just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. Did they tell you how much maintenance they put into it? I mean, I think it's just like regular maintenance, and that's it. It's not like they do anything special to it, and they drive it year round. It's their most reliable car. And it's what year? What year is it? Uh, it's early two thousands. Okay. Okay. I mean, it might it might be as recent as a 2010. I genuinely don't know. It's 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 at least a 10 year old car. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. So Mercedes E class wagon, and then somebody else we know here that's owned two of these back to back and loved them. The current Audi Allroad. Oh yeah. The Audi Allroad yeah. is a great looking, genuinely fast, fun to drive wagon with a nice look. But yet, if you saw that down a back dirt road because somebody hauled their mountain bike, that still works. Hmm. Love it. So I, those Love are my it. list for you. I think you may be a wagon guy. Yeah. And then in I the wild so card yeah. territory, if you really want to merge your worlds, can you find yourself 
They're unicorns. Can you find yourself a nicely specced three series wagon? Ooh. Ooh. How enthusiast, how far back, how much do you want to chase manual transmission? They're out there. They're, they're unicorns. Mm. But you could do that because now you're getting into a smaller form factor that actually is more concerned with dynamics. But the other wagons I've listed are much more modern, easier to find, and bigger. Sure. No, I love the three series wagon because, you know, who knows if that will ever come back. It's all yeah. replaced by SUVs now. Yeah. The X3M has been introduced. And I admit, I actually really like it because I drove the regular <laughs> M240, M340i on track in the X3. And I'm thinking, why am I taking an X3 on track? Yeah. What am I doing? And then it surprised me and it was great. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, that's the direction BMW's going. So, yeah, buy the wagons. I think that X2 it may be the uh, competitor car to the Mercedes GLA AMG 45. I think the X2 may be Ooh. BMW's jacked up hatch. They need to MIs that. MFI? M- I'm sure they have, or they have the M package, or the who knows. I, mm. we, should, we should spec one just to drive ourselves nuts. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Thank you both for your emails. Really appreciate it. We're jumping to social media questions here. <laughs> There's a question on Facebook from Matthew Hickey asking, what car could a company remake or come back out with that would make us all say, I've got to buy this brand new to make sure hmm. Hmm. these cars stick around? For him, it would be a Fiero or a Toyota MR2, which are very good choices. Yeah, Can you imagine are. a modern Fiero? Yeah, I'd like to. Really, really like I mean, there to be it's one. Still, let's think about it. It's still a cool name. Yes. It's, it's, yes. It kind of became a joke then, mm-hmm. and it was, oh, the Tupperware car and ha-ha, you know, jokes. But it's still kind of a cool name. And Can you imagine a modern version of that? I would love there to be one. Sweet. It'd be great. Yeah. All right. How about a Renault R5 Turbo? <laughs> okay. Bring it back. <laughs> well, that's a lot of bring it back. Let's bring it back and then bring it to the States. But yeah, keep going. Audi Quattro Manual? Yeah. Remember the Quattro concept from a yeah. few years ago that Audi reintroduced? Just an Audi manual. Uh, yeah, any Audi manuals for that matter, <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, sorry. Honda S2000 on the list. That's high on the that's list. Way up there. Any rotary-powered Mazda sports car or just – how about the RX-9? What is the RX-9 going to be? Yeah. Bring that out. I don't need it to be a rotary. It doesn't I necessarily just, yeah. need to be a rotary, yeah. but just you know something that's – you know that's, that's the Mazda flavor. Porsche 928 is on the list. Of course it is for you. Of course it is. Or, you know, any front engine Porsche GT car. How about a Volkswagen Scirocco? Okay, yeah. How yeah, about yeah. that? Bringing the, they back. had the, the last one in, the, in Europe that was really cool that we yeah. didn't get. But, yeah, it was great looking, yeah. 280ZX? Yeah, why does it here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to rant on it again. <laughs> Nissan, make a new Z car yeah. that competes with the Supra. Yeah. Make a new Datsun that competes with the 86. Heck yes. So it's the Datsun 200Z, and it's got 210 horsepower. Bring it. And it's the new 400Z, Nissan 400Z that competes with the Supra. Bring it on. Hi, hello. Anyway, yeah. My last one on the list, Matthew, is Mitsubishi making anything fun again. <laughs> Any anything, <laughs> golf carts, lawn mowers, weed whackers, <laughs> gardening, make TVs and air conditioners, and oh look, a sports car. They have hand dryers in Japan. They compete with Dyson in Japan. By the way, they compete I with everybody. The it's the Mitsubishi hand dryer. I'm thinking you make these they too, compete and with you everything. can't make they a, make new a Evo? ton of things. Yeah, Give yeah, me yeah. A break. That's a company that could swallow the expense for sure. Yeah, that's very. Like, stop making all that stuff that we don't really care about, <laughs> and make a new Evo. That's very funny. I like it. Uh, Michael on Facebook says he purchased a 2019 Audi RS5 Sportback. Loves it. Loves Mm, it. I'm thrilled to hear that. He's thinking about a weekend car. 
Just a weekend fun car. Lovely. So now he's thinking an Exige, an Exige S. Okay, so that's the Exige with roughly 240, 260 horsepower, depending on which one you get. That's supercharged, etc. Is that too hardcore for a weekend fun car? Let me follow this up for a second. As the Lotus owner, are you going <laughs> as to the resident Lotus Seriously, <laughs> are you go as the, as the resident just oddball? Let's be honest. Uh, are you going to track this at all? Because I really like the Exige, but I'll tell you the reason I didn't get one. Because I was going to use it on normal roads regularly. Mm-hmm. The Exige only has side mirrors. You can't look out the rearview mirror. And that car is already plagued with visibility issues. I wanted a back glass window. And it has helped immensely as a daily car. And it makes it much more approachable on just normal roads. And yet you get on any back road, you're not going to be like, I really should have gotten the Exige. You're going to have a blast. So if you're not mm. going to be tracking it, if, if its purpose is not to be tracked as fast as possible, I think you're better off Lotus than you are Exige. And I would recommend to you, if you can, if you're worried about, I want more power, which frankly in the Elise you're not going to care. But if you want the more power, then get the factory supercharged, which is 08, 09, and up. Hmm, factory sure. supercharged Elise, I think it is a better on-road car than the Exige. Hmm. It's a question here from Charlie K. NYC. Thinking of Jeremy Clarkson's line that you can't be a true petrol head until you've owned an Alpha. This. But he's English. We don't use the word petrol, and Alpha only started selling cars here in 2017. I like this. Is there a North American equivalent? You can't be a true car enthusiast until you've owned a blank. I think I have one. Do you? I think so. I'm still working through this, and I've I've we've talked about Subaru, mm-hmm. and I can we change. It? Owned to have driven. Can we can we change that? Because well, so many of us have driven lots of cars, and many people have driven a Subaru, and Subarus appeal to some people and don't to others. Okay. Um, Saturn crossed my mind. It, hmm. If you've owned a Saturn and that's driven you back to good cars again, well, but, and somebody's going to write to me and say, my Saturn went 200 million miles and it's fine. But I, But I was thinking about the origin of this. Sorry, go on. Well, it's the origin is um, enthusiast car that yes. drives great. Yes, when it runs. Yes, right. Exactly with racing history, racing history, with certainly. history in general, with racing pedigree, with all of these things. Yes, it is beloved. It's had some really cool designs, and yet it doesn't have a good reliability rating. And cool when they ran, and yet find somewhere the horror story because you don't have to go far. I actually have thought of one. Okay, does it all fit? of that? Is it American or is it – because there's a lot of cars built in North America, so yes. there's there's a lot of leeway here, I think. Yes. There's a lot of factories. I mean, Nissan, Mercedes, BMW. There's a lot of factories. I went for a straight-up American brand. Did you? Okay. Pontiac. American. Really? Race history. I mean, think about the original GTO. Race yeah. history, some cool-looking designs throughout all of its eras, some True. cool-looking designs. True. I owned a Pontiac. It was unreliable. You did have a Pontiac. Many other people I knew that had Pontiacs were wildly unreliable. Yet there were GM. They shared engines with Buicks. I know. I know. Chevy. But I, that's my that's my closest comparo. I think huh. I'm going to go with Pontiac. It's not bad. I'm thinking of the the '81, the um, the Firebird. Yeah, I had an '82 Firebird with a four cylinder. It was a it was a it was a car. I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna stop it had, there. It had wheels and paint. It looked like kit, <laughs> but didn't work. Interesting. Probably yeah. like kit, to be honest. But yeah. this is this is still TBD for me, Charlie. This is okay. still TBD. I like the question though. Very good. 
Uh, Dammy Tobbs asked the on Facebook asked the Pepsi versus Coke question. He says, I, I, "I know, I know, I know. This is the cliche question, but I'm going to ask it anyway." Camaro or Mustang? Mm. And he's actually talking about the Mustang GT base versus the Camaro One SS. I like it. He has a history of coming from the BRZ and now a 370Z, so he's looking for some American muscle. Okay, he's curious about. Good feel, something that feels nimble. He wants a manual version only. And then he does make the comment where he says, just so you know, the Camaro's visibility problems don't bother me at all. Okay. You need the Camaro. Okay. It is the more reliable, better handling of the two. Now, when we drove the big boys. Okay, okay. I liked the theater of the GT350, which is mostly that engine. But I liked the theater of it. And it Just felt good. harder to wrestle, which I also kind of enjoyed. The uh, the Camaro uh, 1LE that we had was uh, ZR1 1LE. It was just, uh, oh, my gosh. It was so capable, it was almost like it didn't need me. <laughs> but but the thing about <laughs> the, current, cars like that. the current yeah. Camaro chassis is surprisingly nimble and surprisingly good to drive in kind of any form. And if you can get the 1LE on whatever you're buying, it's even better. Hmm. You get the one elite pack. So I think of those two, I'm going to say Camaro. Cool. I like it. A couple of color questions have come through on Instagram. First from Eric Storley. Tesla just changed the base color from black to white with black now costing a premium like all the other colors. Is this cost saving? Is this a sign of impending collapse? We hope, wait, what? Who said that? Uh, no, it could be a supplier issue. It could mean mm-hmm. all kinds of things. There's not really anything to read into that necessarily, but you know, White doesn't have any pigment in it, actually, so it's just gesso. It's just officially a color. It's not really a color, whereas black yeah. has all the colors. And well, it, like I said, it's it's a supplier thing. It's just you know, it could be a number of reasons. It's hard to speak to that. I I don't think it means anything, honestly. Um, Andrew McFarlane has asked, "What is the next car color to make a comeback?" Seems that green is starting to make, become more available after the blue and red came back a while back. Mm-hmm. What do we think will be next? Colors are ever more sophisticated, and there's actually a few companies that study color. And to be honest, it starts in fashion. It mm-hmm. trickles down mm-hmm. from Milan and Paris fashion mm-hmm. shows. It does. From from all the big-name designers that you can't relate to, You know, super high-end clothes, that's where the color trends start and trickle down to products hmm. and cars are just big expensive products. And so color marketing group, the the Pantone group, the X-Rite Pantone color group, yeah, they yeah. study this endlessly and work with car manufacturers and hmm. talk to people in focus group endlessly. <laughs> oh, Colors are ever, groups. ever more sophisticated. Yeah. And I see more reds coming back, even though you've mentioned reds have kind of come back. I see more sophisticated reds, mm. the plums, mm. the cranberries, the wine, those kinds of mm. things okay. coming back sure. in choice. Sure, sure, I do think color is more important. Gray has proliferated. We've maybe are we over the matte thing? Are we over just? I feel like the we're on finish? the back end of matte. Yeah. That's not really color. That's more of a finish in itself. But yeah. I, I can see green. But honestly, I'm thinking more towards, in a limited form, the turquoises. You remember the early '90s Ooh, yeah. and the Hondas? Really interesting. Okay. In, in right. a in a small way, not hey, we've got this palette, but we're but as and an it option. depends on the car. Yeah, it very yeah, much depends time, on the car. Time. 
give an example, the Honda SUVs. Mm-hmm. They've got kind of some turquoise color options in there. The blue yeah. has now gone from ultramarine to more, you know, glacier silt. I should wow, look at you. You should, you should, yeah, yeah, please stop. Well, they even have a black. The, the Honda Pilot that we had for uh, Season 5 here coming up, the, it looked like it was a black one, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. actually a green. Mm-hmm. The, the leaf to it, the color leaf to it, you get something like, oh, wait, that's green. Yeah. Hidden in there. Yeah, I mean, paints have changed and flake and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, there's a way of applying paint so that the flake is standing up and making sure it catches the sunlight in the right angle. And I'm lucky to know which way to point the nozzle. Everybody's different. Yeah. There is technique and yeah. a huge yeah, thing yeah. to color. But I just think any colors that we've seen are becoming more, depending on the car, they're becoming a little bit more sophisticated, subdued, slightly neutral. But then on the hot sports cars, we're seeing bright, saturated colors. Supra has yellow. Yeah. Yellow! Oh, yeah. And it's a great-looking yellow. I mean, yeah. I realize I drive a yellow car, but just in general, that car was fantastic in yellow. I, mean, I really, really liked it. How many companies offer yellow these days? I wish that would make more of a comeback. But the, prob- the problem with yellow is yellow is very car-dependent. It is. It and, is. And you don't want yellow on your mundane cars. Mm-mm. It's got to be a sports car thing. It, I think yeah. it needs to be a sports car thing yeah. or like a crazy big truck thing. And otherwise, it shouldn't be around. Anyway, or taxi cabs. There's those. <laughs> right. There is that. <laughs> Colnago... Uh, 1331 said, I'm using my Cayman as a daily driver. He doesn't autocross it, doesn't take it to the track, has winter tires for the cold months. For the rest of the year, can't he run all seasons because summer tires are just going to get blown through too fast? Two things here. I run all seasons on my wife's Cayenne because it's our all-purpose family car. We run all seasons, and then we run full winters. Mm-hmm. We had one set. We went through one set of performance summers, and they blasted through so fast. It was like, never again. Plus, we had those moments when, because of the shoulder seasons here in a winter town, we had surprise snow. So I was better with all seasons. <laughs> in that yeah, snowing. Exactly. What? So I was glad to have it for her car. Two things I want you to approach. I think that summer performance tires are always going to be the better choice. However, you're dealing with a wear issue. So what you need to chase is the wear number. You need to get into the mid-300s or at least into the low 300s. A lot of the the really heavy-duty summer performance tires are less than 300 tread wear, and you're just going to blast through them. So see if you can find a summer performance tire with a pretty high tread wear rating. If you can't do that, go with something like the Pilot Sport All Season. And those are actually pretty good. I had AS3s on my um, FRS and they were actually pretty good. Hmm, right, but right, I would right. prefer that you looked at performance summer tires and chased a higher, longer wear rating than win all season. That's my preference. Lamb Robot Red is trying to hunt down his red pill from episode 356. One of his search criteria is a manual transmission. He says, problem is that 20% of the listings are with the correct transmission when you're searching for something. That, where they're listed, cor- where the, they're the listed. dealer listed it properly. Yeah. 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 And this, I, I've seen this because the dealers don't have a drop-down option for DSG or PDK mm-hmm. or just, you know, CVT or anything like that. They just say auto or manual mm-hmm. and that's it. So why is it so hard for dealers? If, if manual transmissions are disappearing altogether, mm. why are dealers misidentifying and mislabeling their a, ads? This is a great question and a recurring problem. It, it is, Absolutely. You know that game you play with your friends sometimes when you answer their questions with more questions and you see who cracks first? You just keep answering each other's questions with another question and he answers you back. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do that with you. Uh Uh-oh. First of all, can they drive a manual? Can they drive a manual? Mm. Have they been on a track? 
What previous line of work did they do before they joined the dealership? All of that's good. And finally, do they think heel and toe is some sort of like dance move from the 60s? Or like all these are questions relating to manual enthusiast transmissions mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and loving them. Does it does it even register? Does it manual? Does it matter? Or is it just the the gear lever in the car? I don't know what it does. I'll I just think, list it. I think it's even simpler than that too. I think one of the one of the problems is the proliferation of paddles on the wheel, and I think yeah. many dealers when they see paddles, the 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 cue there is oh you can shift it manually. That's a great point. Therefore, yeah. it's a manual. That's an excellent point. and that is fully wrong. For all of us looking for Fully. a manual yes. transmission. Yes. But I think that is the progression in headspace. Of, oh, that, oh, that's a car with paddle. Okay, yeah, so it's a manual transmission. No, it's not. No, it's not. Anyway. Hmm. So many more good ones. Uh, you know what? Parth H has got one on Instagram. We should do a quick cr- track daily crush. You okay. see this? Yes. E92M3, which we like. Yikes. BMW 1M <laughs> and new Supra. Track daily crush. I actually have an answer on this. The E92M3 gets crushed. Okay. The 1M is a special car to drive at any speed. The BMW 1M is the daily, and the Supra, which has a surprisingly fast automatic, is the track car. Interesting. I would crush the M3 as well. I'm kind of waffling back and forth between dailing the 1M and the Supra because the Supra, of course, is the Cayman wheelbase. It is. So it's good for, you know, road canyon. It's good for track. Yeah. And that 1M is special on track. It's special in a canyon. It is, but it's... Kind of going back and forth. The 1M... The reason I went this way is because the 1M is a BMW greatest hits car. It still has hydraulic steering. It's got a really good turbo engine. Yeah. It feels special. You can sit in traffic in it. I just... I would be in that car daily and be perfectly happy and go take the Super and just track the heck out of it. Hmm. I I think I'd want the 1M because it's got the manual on track. I see it. I see it. Hmm. Interesting. The Minty Mini asks... Oh, good. This one too, yeah. What is the point where a car becomes too precious? Is it when you buy a second car to do the day-to-day stuff so you don't touch your fun car? Or when you're fully treating it like an investment car, like a 250 GTO or a Ferrari California? Or is it some sort of combination of both? My neighbor, actually an older guy up the street here, mm-hmm. owns yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an 08... Orange Cayman Boxer or Orange Boxster S special yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah, it's got the black top with the black accents, black wheels, and then everything is just that bright, mm-hmm. hot orange. Yeah, yeah. He came by. I was washing the Cayman the other day, and he he pulled up, and he was on a short drive. When you watch the Cayman, it's like a oh. siren song. For everybody <laughs> in your neighborhood that owns a decent car, they all stop. I know. Yeah, it's just you meet the best people. Just saying. stop it, <laughs> stop it. So anyway. he pulled up to chat mm-hmm. and. I said, hey, man, I haven't you know, seen the car out very much. And you know, he drives a Macan otherwise, so he's a Porsche freak. And I said, I haven't seen this out much. And he says, yeah, well, I've only put 100 miles on it since January. Thinking, what? It's June. Uh, <laughs> but didn't he, say, didn't he say it like he was proud of himself that he'd put 100 miles and on it? This was an accomplishment. Like, I've only put 100 miles on it. He said, yeah, probably only have it another 10 years before it goes off to auction. And I, I what? What? Your car owns you? Yeah. You're keeping yeah. it around just so you can auction it in 10 years? Are you going to be around in 10 years? <laughs> I mean, I hate to be tacky, yeah. but, yeah, you know, right. I enjoy your car, man. Mm-hmm. He is truly saving it for the next guy. Yeah. He yeah. truly is. Totally. And I'm thinking, 
five years from now, just enjoy. Go drive, man. You've got an excellent car. Go drive that thing. It's manual. It's, it's pristine. Mm-hmm. I think it has 16,000 miles. And Probably it's, at the most, yeah. It's pristine. It's beautiful. And I'm just thinking, okay, your car owns you now. And that is too far for me. I get it about taking care of it. Mm-hmm. I am personally, mm-hmm. I'm working on me <laughs> constantly. Not that I'm abusing the cars, but I'm driving them. And yeah. I'm wanting yeah, to yeah. drive and just driving more. From From the time I was a teenager, I just thought, wow, I finally made enough money to have my own car. I just want to keep it perfect. And, yeah. you know, I think with age comes an income level where you're you're not cavalier necessarily, but you're able to say, okay, I'm driving it. If something breaks... We'll get it fixed. Yeah. It's just a car. Yeah. And we've had many owners of hot exotics say, you know what? It's just a car, guys. Please bring it back shiny side up. But yeah. it's yeah. just a car. I'm going to give you an actual usable reference here because I think this, t- t- to me, defines the dividing line of this question. Mm. If you have a sports car or a car that you love, and when you're getting ready to go somewhere, you think of all the reasons instantly to not take the sports car, it's too precious. I mean, I understand that there – look, I'll give you a personal reason. If it's pouring out rain, pouring down rain, I will not take the Lotus because the Lotus is genuinely difficult in a hard rainstorm. It's genuinely difficult. I've got the factory tires. It's dangerous in the rain. I don't have the the crazy factory tires. I have tires that make that car drivable in the rain, but because of where you are and how low you are and the the way the water flows across the car, it's it's difficult. Doable, but difficult in the rain. So if it's a big rainstorm, I won't take the Lotus. But – all of the other reasons. Think of all the reasons why you don't take your sports car. Well, but there's this and there's this and I'm only. I, but you know, I got to pick up that and mm-hmm. this happens to me sometimes. The Lotus. I'm going to go pick up food. Every other car I own is better to pick up food than the Lotus. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and I will still take the Lotus. Sure, because it because I get to take the Lotus. Sure, I think if you are thinking of all the reasons instantly about I'm going to go do blank, but I shouldn't take the fun car because of be careful. Because if there's a lot of reasons why not, you're never going to drive that car. It's just too precious. I mean, you, you can touch some tires, definitely. And yeah, you know, if you've sure. got summer tires, yeah, don't go out in you know, snow and ice. That, and they're, they're not designed for it. That's dangerous. Re- there's reality here. I'm not, I'm not saying there's no excuse. There are absolutely excuses that work. Okay? You know what gets me, though, is in town when in the winter I'll see a 911. I'll be like, don't! A 911. Oh, I love now, that. Now, they're on winter tires, and they've it. got the set for it, but they're they're cruising around through it. the muck in the I 911. I think it's amazing. Like, that that thrills it. me. I love seeing it's that. It's like ski car hunting in the parking lot of the ski resort. Yeah. And you come yeah. across something with, like, unexpected. The guy Holy with the Ferrari cow. FF that somehow yeah. has, like, you know, detailing angels well, that follow the car around. It does. Is that is that a factory option? Uh, clearly, it must be. Yeah. My gosh. All right, guys, we've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for your questions. Keep them coming. (laughs) Hilarious. Anyway, really appreciate it. We're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.